welcome to the Payments Journal Podcast. And here is your host, Ryan Mack. Welcome to the Payments Journal Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Mack. Now, with today's rapidly evolving market landscape, combined with the impacts of COVID-19, financial institutions are being forced into reimagining their digital payment strategies in order to stay relevant. And while convenience and safety are currently leading drivers for the use of digital bill payments, consumers are demanding more from their online payments experiences than what they get today. So on today's episode, we're going to be taking a look at some research provided by Fiserv that points to some very specific opportunities that financial institutions can take advantage of to deliver the simpler and smarter bill payment experience that consumers are requesting. So to unpack this research and look at today's current trends, I have Brad Jones, who is the Vice President and General Manager of Bill Pay Product Suite at Fiserv, and Sarah Grotta, who is the Director of the Debit and Alternative Products Advisory Service at Mercator Advisory Group. Now, there's certainly a lot to learn on today's episode, so without any further delay, let's start the show. So Sarah and Brad, thank you so much for taking the time today uh, to dive into this very interesting topic here. Um, And now, Sarah, I'd really like to get from your perspective and Mercator Advisory Group's perspective, some of kind of the the overall trends that you're seeing uh, in the marketplace here, because I think that that will kind of help set the table uh, for our audience um, as we dive further into this discussion. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. You know, we've been tracking some really unusual shifts in payment habits um, during this rather unusual year. Um, We're finding that consumer payment payment habits are changing more quickly than they ever have in in the past. Um, And, you know, this has resulted, I think, in financial institutions kind of rethinking their whole digital payment strategies. So, you know, a few things, a few highlights of things that I've noted uh, recently. Let me start with the card market. Um, Both credit and debit card transactions are actually down in the first half of 2020 in comparison to to 2019. We find that debit card dollar volume has actually gone up a bit, which is interesting. That, of course, means that the average transaction amount has gotten larger. Much of that has shifted to the e-commerce channel. Um, And we also find that a lot of that volume growth in in debit cards is coming from credit cards and and also from cash, both of which we're marking as as sort of having come down this year. So certainly this is impacting financial institutions' uh, operations and, and their revenue. Another interesting thing that we've been seeing is the growth of contactless. That's been reported quite a lot. Um, I've estimated that contactless is now around 4% of total debit card activity, which is really a very significant growth year over year. And so FIs are, are thinking about expediting their plans around contactless if it isn't already on their product roadmap. And as I mentioned, we're, we're seeing that cash use is down but ATM activity is up as consumers are using ATMs more as a branch substitute. So we're finding that financial institutions are trying to figure out, you know, first, how do they maintain their ATM fleet in, in the near term? That, that certainly has, has brought up a lot of challenges, but then they're also trying to decide, you know, if they want to make more investments and upgrades to their fleet or potentially outsource it more. There's also certainly been an increased use of online and mobile banking. 
Um, banks and credit unions are figuring out really what's working and what needs to be upgraded. And in some of the surveys that we've done really recently, Mercator's finding that digital banking use has seen an increase from existing users, but really interesting is that we're seeing brand new users too. And this includes products like P2P, uh, mobile remote deposit capture, and bill pay. And I know that we wanna spend some time on this podcast talking about bill pay in particular and how it fits in with payment modernization and, and digit, digitization. Um, and you know, if you think about it, there really are few payments that are more critical to consumers than paying their bills and attributes like providing convenience and choice and speed of transaction are just really critical to them. Yeah, Sarah, thank you so much for, for that, that deep dive really there and kind of that, that overview. I know that those are kind of conflicting terms there, but, but it really was. And, you know, I'm really glad that you pulled out the digital banking aspect because I certainly do want to get into the bill pay uh, side of things here. Um, so, Brad, where you're the GM of Fiserv's bill pay uh, product, perhaps maybe you could kind of go into a little bit deeper than to how all of these trends that Sarah was talking about is translating to that side of uh, Fiserv's business. Sure. I mean, as Sarah mentioned, I mean, there's just no doubt that COVID has driven an accelerated use of digital payments. I think all of us agree that banking at a distance will continue even after the effects of the pandemic have subsided. And financial institutions really have no choice but to embrace the digital platform and to keep valued relationships with their customers. And so as the industry continues to evolve, Financial institutions realize that, you know, consumer expectations for simpler and faster payments are only growing and that legacy technologies are a liability. And I think as financial institutions enhance those digital experience to move beyond just the foundation of convenience and safety, bill pay has to keep pace. You know, for example, our next generation bill pay offering includes intuitive guidance, personalized alerts, and financial wellness elements that enhance the overall payment experience. Uh, we, we all have to consider how existing data can be used to deliver differentiated, intelligent, and engaging experiences. We uh, must also consider the kinds of information and coaching people need to better manage their financial lives. And then finally, I think it's important that we challenge ourselves to remove friction from every aspect of the experience, maybe even when it feels like there isn't any friction left. And so when we look at bill pay very specifically, we're focused on a couple things. One, how do we make it simpler? How do we make those end user experiences less stressful through intelligent functionality and automation? How do we make it smarter? You know, how do we better understand consumers, how they pay, and, and then use data to provide a more predictive or proactive customer experience? And then how do we make it faster? How, how can we use real-time payments to provide consumers the control they expect and then you know, really have them keep coming back. You know, I think one of the points that you made there is, is really interesting. And, and that was the point about coaching people um, to manage their financial lives better. And, and I think that's, that's going to be an issue very, very soon here, you know, as some of the, the payments that consumers have been um, deferring potentially sort of come home to, to roost. H how are, mm -hmm. are some of the bill pay solutions helping with, with that, maybe on a sort of a tactical level? Is it, 
Is it helping to, you know, let them know when bills are coming due or providing information about available balance? How does that sort of manifest itself? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the first step is, you know, just that, m making sure consumers are always in the know. And I mean, it seems very simple, but, you know, helping them know when bills are due and providing the relevant information to make that payment quickly uh, and securely, right? So th that does mean what, what balance they have available, uh, what, what the balance of the bill is, and then there are options, you know, around speed to make that payment. And, you know, I, I do think that during this whole pandemic, there were a lot of, you know, Americans who had, uh, you know, trouble with their finances, right? I mean, it kind of threw a lot of people into, you know, this transition period. Maybe they uh, were put on furlough or lost a job, or maybe they had to take a pay cut. And we certainly saw a lot of payments being deferred. And so, you know, I think most consumers now would say, I probably thought I had a tight grip on my financial situation. And then here I am, you know, this unexpected thing happens. And maybe I don't know as much as what I, you know, thought I did. And so you're right. I mean, that coaching, not just in bill pay, but I think broadly across, you know, the digital experience is I think consumers are going to be maybe more willing to take it. They'll be looking for it more, that advisory experience maybe more than they ever have before. And, you know, for us in bill pay, it's just making sure that, you know, we're keeping up with those trends, that we're helping consumers be in the know, never be late, always aware of what obligations they have, and then making it very simple, easy, and intuitive to, to take care of those obligations. Yeah, now a couple couple of things, uh, Brad, if we could, that that you brought up on your on your previous answer that I'm kind of hoping we can dive into a little bit, right? Um, because I mean that you took you, you took a couple examples in terms of just like what really you should focus on when it comes to bill pay. I think you know you put uh, bill pay, uh, make bill pay simpler, uh, make it smarter, and make it faster. But but for kind of like a, a layman like myself, like could we kind of maybe put a little bit finer uh, detail around that in terms of like what what does the ideal bill pay solution look like for consumers that's also going to kind of align with some of the consumer trends that Sarah was talking about earlier in this episode? It's all about user-centric design, which requires us to view every aspect of the solution through the eyes of the consumer. We understand consumers have high expectations for all of their digital experiences, including bill pay through the financial institution channel. Uh, you know, they're looking for smarter, simpler, faster ways to conduct money movement act activity. So we can no longer dictate to consumers what features are available or how to consume them. You know, we really have to deliver experiences that provide value on their terms, not just our financial institution clients. So, you know, based on our research, there's really four things that we feel financial institutions can do to meet or exceed what consumers are saying they want when it comes to bill pay. And I, I think it actually broadly uh, also applies to other aspects of the digital journey. So, so the first thing we've heard consumers say is they want uh, a personalized experience. I mean, it can't just be about faster payments. Uh, it also has to be about smarter, more personalized money movement experiences. So how can you anticipate a consumer's needs? How can you leverage tools and data to customize the experience? and include relevant and personalized content. 
I mean, our research indicates that consumers are receptive to sharing personal data when they know it will benefit them and improve their experience. And so by building that trust with the consumer and being transparent, uh, you know, financial institutions can use that data that they already have to provide that relevant and personalized experience and position themselves as the trusted provided partner. Um, the, uh, the second thing, you know, beyond just personalizing the experience is really being an advisor. I touched on that earlier. Paying bills is a small piece of the broader, more comprehensive need to manage money in anticipation of achieving you know, the goals people have for their lives, maybe like saving for college or paying off a car, improving credit to qualify for a mortgage. It's all about cash flow management and gaining greater visibility into the full financial picture. And financial institutions can do that. They have access to that information, you know, things like direct deposit, incoming and outgoing bills, transfers, and even balances in retirement accounts. And using that unique visibility into consumers' lives, uh, you know, financial institutions can then coach people to ba better manage their money. Organizations can help people manage their finances at a level that will build trust and strengthen relationships. And, you know, you know, basically the more we can simplify financial routines and provide immediate reassurance that consumers' needs are being met, the more we'll all be able to become an active advisor uh, in those consumers' lives. The, the, the third thing that we've heard is just automate the experience. I mean, we're seeing automatic payments. Uh, you know, there, there was a slight decline right during COVID. I think people, you know, were, were nervous about those automatic payments. I think some people were deferring payments, but we're starting to see those tick back up. And especially at financial institutions where they focused on bill pay, creating that personalized experience. And so the data that we have enables us to, to deliver that experience. Think about bill data and, and, and data, you know, that broadly comes from our financial institutions and biller network. I mean, that data makes it easy, intuitive, hassle-free, you know, for uh, us to enable financial institutions to match billers and payments and should suggest better ways to make payments and provide real-time information about payments. So, all of that data is important in terms of delivering that automated experience. And then the last thing, I mean, it's all about real time. In a world that never shuts down and where day-to-day -day responsibilities seem endless, uh, keeping track of bills and payment activities is more difficult and time-consuming now than it ever has been. And so providing consumers with that real-time data, the real-time alerts can, I, I think, calm the chaos and make their lives a lot easier. And so if we step back, I mean, leveraging data, uh, automation, you know, real time where we can, financial institutions can do things like send notifications and reminders, um, and maybe even financial information at the moment something happens, giving people information they need to take immediate action. Uh, in other words, you know, really, to exceed the user's expectations, we need to capitalize on the data, the access, and the engagement that we already have in the financial services space. And I think it'll ultimately help, uh, you know, us solve for what we hear very clearly users, um, you know, tell us, which is, you know, I want my financial institution 
to use information to help me manage my money. I just love that phrase, calm the chaos. I think that's absolutely perfect. But you know, I think the way that consumers have been paying their bills, they're using such a, a mix of, of channels. So we know that they're using bank bill pay, we know that they have automatic payments, but then sometimes they're also um, using biller sites. Is this an opportunity to kind of bring all of that together so that they get a holistic view? Is that a, a part of the calm yeah. chaos solution? Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm going to date myself here, but I, I remember when financial institutions were initially rolling out online banking. Oh, yeah, I was And there. yeah, bill pay was really the reason, you know, uh, consumers ultimately came to the site. I mean, it was mm -hmm. the novelty. You know, we're talking 20 plus years ago, right? And, and just thinking, oh, I can put all of my bills in one place. I don't have to remember all those passwords. I mean, you know, it's the reason why I have, I don't even know how many payees, 20, 30 payees in my mm -hmm. bill pay. It's probably also the reason I will never leave that first financial institution I worked at because there they all are. Um, but what, you know, kind of the way bill pay has evolved here is, you know, you know, I think our generation, my generation, it was a novelty and we saw the benefit of that consolidation. But as, you know, people became more digitally native and, you know, I think um, devices and authentication and other things, you know, improved. Um, there was this, there was less of an importance or a need maybe around putting it all in one place. But what we've heard very clearly, and this is mainly from those younger consumers who are digitally native, is as they've better understood what bill pay is and what it can do, they're coming right back around to that initial value proposition. And they're looking at it less from a, oh, you know, like, I don't want to remember passwords because n nobody really remembers passwords anymore. But it's more about, you mean I can do it all in one place? Like I can see my bank balance and pay three, four, five bills all at once and, and know exactly what it's going to do to my bank balance and when. So the consolidation, while it's a slightly different value prop proposition, the consolidation, the all-in-one view of how I pay my bills absolutely resonates with, you know, these younger segments who maybe previously didn't have exposure to the solution. And, and what's been uh, interesting during the pandemic as digital usage has gone up and more users have come into their financial institution side and started playing around, we're actually seeing growth in terms of, uh, you know, number of what we call bill pay makers, people who enroll and make a payment. Uh, payments per maker is still a little bit low, right? It's almost like, you know, these consumers are testing and seeing, but it looks as if, you know, bill pay broadly is getting more eyeballs, more engagement. And, and if we do a good job of, of sharing the broader, you know, value proposition of that, you know, consolidating your payments, helping you get a better view of cash flow and money movement, uh, I think we have an opportunity here to, to really see financial institution-based bill pay start to pick back up. Yeah, there, there were certainly a lot of things uh, that, that that were said there that that I really want to want to pull out. Um, you know, one, I, I think a, a lot of the things that I'm kind of relating to what, what you're saying, Brad, is like, so I mean, from my personal experiences, yes, I mean, I certainly do fit 
that cohort of people that I, I would love to have my financial institution offer a bill pay solution that is more seamless than the current solution that's being offered to me. Uh, right now, there certainly are those normal pain points that that we talk about in terms of just the the, the setup process and everything um, to it. And I I am in the same boat of I have, I mean, I realistically, I have an Excel spreadsheet of just all the different payees that I have to and the password, the site, the, all that stuff. And it's a, it's a mess to handle. But until the financial institution offers something that's that's better, and I think it's it's certainly something that that your organization puts forward, it's not something that that I see myself using. Um, until that kind of 2.0 bill pay is essentially there with the financial mm -hmm. institution that that I use. And I think that bill pay uh, 2.0, if we could here, um, really provides then the stickiness. Because as you pointed out, it's kind of a, hey, I'm never going to leave that financial institution because they're all set up there and it's ready to go. And it's it's a lot easier for me to go to one location and say, well, everything's remembered here. I kind of just Here's the amount. Okay, pay, 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 and and I'm done. I, I've paid all my bills because, again, it's it's not something that consumers enjoy or really want to think about in terms of paying bills. They would rather just kind of, hey, okay, easy click button. Yes, okay, it's done. It's 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 out of my mind. It's one of those chore things that you don't want to do, but you know you have to do it type of thing. So making it as, as seamless as possible is is awesome. And I really liked a lot of the the kind of the call outs that you talked about, because really what I want to kind of focus on here is now just kind of a larger uh, digital engagement payment strategy, if we could. And I think a lot of the points that you brought up previously before kind of work in terms of just the overall digital strategy, right? You talked about mm -hmm. uh, the personal experience, you know, be the advisor. Uh, the automated uh, experience in real-time notifications. And one additional one that I think can kind of be put under the be the advisor is also be, be the educator. Let, let your institution be the place that is a resource for, hey, even if it's kind of like 101 type of things, I think really educating people is certainly not just only on, hey, their financial health and everything, but like, hey, here's how you use these services. Here's where the benefit and everything fits in that being that part of the educator as well, too, I think is a huge benefit and something that can separate certain financial institutions. Because as you pointed out, there are new people that are becoming kind of digitally native. And I think sometimes the industry takes for granted that everybody is a digital native, and that's not the case. You do still need to have those resources that are somewhat 101 in terms of digital that can educate those people and bring them up to speed on that. Um, so with all of that kind of being said, Brad, then I, I really kind of like to get your perspective on what what else should financial institutions think about as they evolve their digital and name, uh, engagement payment strategies? I mean, it's obvious we're living in a digital world and, you know, customer expectations have evolved to the point where we just can't compete anymore anymore just solely on product or price. Uh, I mean, the new battleground is the customer experience. And I think financial institutions are finally coming to those terms. And, um, you know, when you look at, you know, just step back and think about broadly financial services, I mean, products themselves and branch networks and, you know, just broadly access, it, it's become commoditized. And really in order to di differentiate, the leading financial institutions are transforming into customer experience led organizations. And to give you just a sense of how quickly customer ex expectations are changing, 
you know, if you look at some recent analyst studies, they indicate by the end of 2020, 52% of the U.S. population will either be millennials or members of Gen Z, both digitally native, both mobile first, which for a lot of financial institutions is probably going to scare the mess out of them, right? Because that's not how we've grown up. But we have to evolve. And now is the pivotal time to make online banking more innovative and engaging uh, and, and, you know, really tailored more towards those consumers who are looking beyond things like just those foundational elements of convenience and safety. They want their bank or credit union to help them meet their financial management and payment needs. And, you know, how that happens will change with new technologies, right? I mean, what, what we do today will certainly change over the next couple of years and beyond. But what I'm confident about is if we use a data-driven approach, we can all collectively create those profound, differentiated, and engaging experience that will have a positive effect on financial health and wellness and will ultimately meet the changing and demanding expectations of you know these digitally native mobile first segments. Excellent. Well, thank you, Brad and Sarah, for taking the time today for speaking to me about digital payment trends and bill pay. And I hope to have you both back on the podcast real soon. Thanks, Absolutely. Ryan. Thanks, Ryan.